Welcome to the Choose Better Podcast. I'm Erica Day, and this is where I tell Black women the truth so that we can all choose better in every area of our lives. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I just want to let you know um, before we start that this subject can be a little triggering for people. So if you're listening to the beginning and you find that you can't listen to it, I completely understand. But I think this is a subject that black women need to talk about and the larger black community needs to talk about. So here we go. A couple of days ago, I watched Simone Biles testify before a Senate committee about the sexual abuse she suffered at the hands of the doctor for the U.S. gymnastic team and the corrupt FBI covering it up. One thing she said really stuck with me. She asked the question, how much is a little girl worth? That question made me think about my own story and the stories of the majority of black women and made me ask a question targeted toward the toxic black culture. How much is a black girl worth? So my story goes like this. After my mother kicked my father out when I was five, and let me be clear, she absolutely needed to do that, but that's a story for another day. She, as a single mother, needed to depend on help with childcare at times. Two of my father's male cousins made themselves available to help out. One began to molest me pretty quickly after my father was gone. He lived with us at the time. Those memories are hazy, but I do remember that it didn't last long. And he moved out fairly quickly. The second cousin didn't live with us, but he was a handyman who helped my mom with repairs around the house. He also watched me and my brother when my mom had to go somewhere that she couldn't take us. And from the time I was five until I was 12, he molested me every time. When I was 12, I was finally able to convince my mother that I could stay home alone and take care of my nine-year-old brother as well. I didn't tell her about the abuse until I was 36 years old. For decades, I thought that what I experienced was rare, but now I know better. In 2012, Rights for Girls, a social justice organization, released a report entitled The Sexual Abuse to Prison Pipeline, The Girl's Story. The link to this report will be in the show notes. When this report was published, it was because the proportion of black girls in the juvenile justice system was steadily increasing. The authors began to examine the reasons for this, and they found that there was a definite link between sexual assault and the incarceration of young black women. For example, in the Oregon justice system, 76% of these young women had experienced sexual abuse by the age of 13. In South Carolina, over 81% of these girls reported a history of sexual violence. Overall, 31% of girls in the juvenile justice system have been sexually abused, while just 7% of boys in the system have suffered the same. One of the reasons for the rise in the number of girls in the juvenile justice system is that girls' behavioral reactions to sexual abuse and trauma are criminalized. So the girls don't get help. They get punished. And this leads to a cycle of abuse and punishment. In this episode, I'll be talking about the prevalence of the sexual abuse of girls in the toxic black culture, how it's dealt with, and how it affects the behavior of black girls and women as they try to navigate through life in this culture. 
In a 2011 study by Black Women's Blueprint, it was revealed that 60% of black girls in America have experienced sexual abuse at the hands of black men before reaching the age of 18. The vast majority of these incidents go unreported. A similar study conducted earlier by the Black Women's Health Imperative found that the number was closer to 40%. The national statistics for child sexual abuse overall are one in five girls and one in 10 boys. So whether the number in the black community is 40% or 60% for black girls, it's clear that black girls are sexually abused at rates that are at least double the national average. And these numbers only reflect reported incidents. So before we go any further, I want to make it clear this is not an issue we can blame on the white man or the system. Approximately 1 in 20 black men are sexual abusers of children, while 1 in 3,300 women are. So please miss me with the common deflections of white people do it too or women do it too. No. The primary issue is that black girls are sexually abused in huge numbers by black men that they know. Period. There's a culture of silence about sexual violence in the black quote-unquote community. This silence protects black men, as the toxic black culture often does, because of the view that black men are victims in society in general. Just think about the response to the Bill Cosby and R. Kelly accusations, and there you go. This code of loyalty to the race, which is really loyalty to black men, and the refusal of the community to hold black men accountable for violating the bodies of our girls and taking their innocence away keeps black girls from reporting and getting justice for the crimes committed against them. In addition, for a lot of girls, the topic of sex is considered taboo in general, and this adds to the silence of girls about the abuse they suffer. The quote-unquote community likes to excuse the perversion of these men by blaming their behavior on systemic failures so that these crimes end up being covered up, oftentimes to the extreme of blaming the victim for what has happened to her and oftentimes accusing her of lying. Now, none of that was the case for me. I was simply a precocious child who understood that my mother had a lot to deal with and in my immature thinking, I didn't want her to be upset by what was happening to me. I didn't want to add another burden to what she already carried. Now, the silence in the community and the reasons for it make it so that for the most part, we don't take basic steps to prevent men from abusing our girls. This creates the perfect circumstances for cases of sexual abuse to multiply. Black Women's Blueprint offers a guide which provides communities with guidance and expertise on a variety of issues related to ending child sexual abuse, such as sexual violence, intracommunal violence, accountability, and speaking with survivors. It was created for those watching the Surviving R. Kelly series, but it's applicable at any time. I want to make it clear that I don't agree with everything stated in the document. However, I believe that it can be helpful overall. The link to this report will also be in the show notes. When a black girl is sexually abused, the effects go beyond the physical and more often than not stay with her for decades, if not her entire life. One of these effects is anger. And studies show that females process anger differently than males. Females tend to internalize the anger, even turning it onto themselves. This can manifest itself in depression and self-harming behaviors. 
Another effect is powerlessness or learned helplessness. This occurs most often when the abuser is close to the child and exerts power over her. She feels that there is nothing she can do about the abuse and becomes compliant, not only in that relationship, but in other aspects of life. She becomes extremely passive. Other common behavioral effects are distrust of others and themselves, terror and anxiety, shame, guilt, and self-hatred, alienation from their bodies, isolation and withdrawal from people and activities, obsession with sex or complete aversion to it, questioning sexuality and gender, drug and alcohol use, abuse, and addiction, eating and sleeping disorders, perfectionism and workaholism, mental illness and suicide, and sexual offending. There are so many of these effects that I can't go into them all in this episode, but please, if you're interested, please do your research on these effects. So let's just take a moment to think about this. The majority of black girls are sexually abused. The quote unquote community ignores it or places the blame on the girl. The girl is raised to coddle and support black men. The girl is also raised not to complain about how she's treated. She is raised to grow up, be a fully functioning, responsible adult, and continue the coddling and support of males. When she fails at this, most likely due to the effects of the abuse she has endured, she is ridiculed, denigrated, cast aside, and blamed for the ills of the quote-unquote community. This math ain't mathin'. The challenge this week is this. If you are a survivor of sexual abuse and are suffering any of these behavioral effects, please seek professional help. Not your best friend, not the church. There are just so many pastors and counselors that will do you wrong. Seek professional help. It is my prayer that you do not allow this abuse to control your entire life. You deserve better than that. You always have deserved better than that. Now, if you're not a victim of sexual abuse, take some time to understand what a majority of black girls are going through. And if possible, find some way to be a support for them. Look for the signs among young girls you know. Show that you care. And lastly, all of us can come together and continue this conversation to help victims and to come up with ways to stop this foolishness. If you're a black woman who recognizes the need for us to talk amongst ourselves and encourage each other to choose better, you can join the Choose Better Facebook group. The link is bit.ly slash choose better group. And the link will also be in the show notes. Thanks for listening this week. And I'll talk to you next week. Remember that you can reach out to me via Facebook. Search for the Choose Better Podcast page. On Instagram, Choose Better Podcast. And I'm also on TikTok under Choose Better Podcast. The email address is hello at choosebetterpodcast.com. You can also go to my website, www.choosebetterpodcast.com to leave a review, sign up for the Choose Better Squad email list, and even leave me a short voicemail. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And remember, choose better, sis.